0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. These conversations gave me the stories and wisdom from my earlier book, Leading Women, which continues to be available in Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstores. They also inspired me with my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out early this year in 2019. Supporting women has always been my passion and my purpose until today. I've interviewed only women in that pursuit, but as my most recent book advised, we can't do it alone, and it's past time to engage our male allies and male sponsors. Besides the amazing women working to advance women, there are many equally amazing men working in the service of diversity and supporting equality between men and women in leadership and life. This week I'm pleased to introduce another male ally, David Robb, founder and chairman of Utopia, the world's most luxurious ocean liner with 190 residents and and a five-star hotel and resort on board. The ship will sail to world-famous cultural and sporting events such as the Cannes Film Festival, Monaco, Grand Prix, the Olympics, and many, many other events. Philanthropy is a core of its business plan, and the ocean liner is, will travel on a perpetual mission of helping the less fortunate, fostering peace initiatives, and host, hosting gatherings of world leaders in business, government, and the arts. David is also the managing Director of Frontier Group, the investment entity of the Robb Family Office, which he co-founded with Frank Car- Carlucci, Chairman Emeritus of the Carlyle Group and former U.S. Secretary of Defense. During his tenure at Frontier, David has been responsible for transitioning investments from funds to direct investing and management across a broad range of technology, and industrial, and services sectors. Prior to co-founding Frontier, Mr. Robb was a principal investor with the Carlyle Group, which he helped the firm to grow from $150 million to $100 billion in equity under management. David began his career with the White House but turned to business and private equity instead of politics as a way to make a difference in the world. He is a frequent speaker at financial investment conferences and has been featured in Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, ABC News, Fox News, CNN, and many other media outlets. So I'm more than pleased to welcome David Robb to Smart, Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. David, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome. You know, it's it's interesting to think that um, five years ago, technology or anything even a year ago, <laughs> whatever. It's funny, we we get in people's cars we don't know and they, we let them drive us places. We go to people's homes and we stay in them and we don't know them either. I mean, it's amazing at, at this point in our lives what we're doing that if you told me some of the things I'd be doing today, I'd be laughing at you. So, You're welcome. Right.
1: I mean, thank you. <laughs>
0: welcome, welcome. Well, um, as I was saying, Ed was the first male, first man, I have ever had on it's what it was called was conversations with smart amazing women. So it's now smart amazing conversations with Dr. Nancy because you know my book is called In This Together. It doesn't make sense to have a book named In This Together without men, you know. That's right. <laughs> I think I think it's going to take all of us to get there, don't you?
1: I think it does. It's it's a whole it's a whole community. You know, you look at the lives of people who are successful, and yeah. it's funny, you know, I don't believe this myth that there's such thing as a self-made man or self-made woman because yeah. behind – I think it's a silly myth because if we're really honest and we put our ego aside, they're always mentors behind oh, every yeah. success story.
0: Yeah, and, and it's so much more fun. For Isn't sure. That, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's an African – it's, it's you're not. Uh, it's, no, no one knows who wrote this, but it says, "If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go all together." And so the Ooh. name of this book is "All Together: How Successful Women Succeed in Business and Life," and it really should say "How All we, All of Us Succeed in Business and Life in This Together." So, anyway, well, yeah. welcome. So, so this Thanks. next thirty minutes is about you, believe it or not. It's not about me. It's about you.
1: All right. Well, I'm very honored to be the second <laughs> male. Interviewed for this, so uh, that's a, I don't that's know.
0: I Ed, Ed was pretty darn good. You may have some. Uh, you have a pinnacle. You have some. Uh, you have some markers now. No. no it, a- absolutely. Ed is probably one of those kind, most kind, generous people I know. And when he started suggesting people, you were the first first one he suggested. By the way.
1: Uh, well, that's great. Thank you for that. I appreciate that.
0: And, and I lied. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no but he did he he brought you up and and said this is a good guy what's what I'm going to talk about i want first of all i want to talk about your personal story because like i said nobody gets anywhere by themselves and and why we're doing the things we're doing today for me for you for anyone there are things that occurred in our lives to get us to this to this moment to this day that we're actually speaking to each other so so tell me how did you get to be you
1: You know what? Um, It always comes back to family, right? And luckily in my family, you know, some of my friends don't speak that highly of parents or grandparents, but I was very, I was one of those few that had really great grandparents and great parents. And I feel very lucky to say that. Um, But, you know, it really started with my grandfather and grandmother who were world travelers and they got a chance to be educated at great schools and, my grandmother went to Smith College, which was an all-women's college, and one of sure. the top ones, really, in the United States back right. in her time. That was before Yale and Harvard even admitted women. This would have been in the sure. 1920s.
0: Yeah, that was and, the um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and my grandfather was a graduate of Yale University, and so he got a chance to run with some big people back in those days. And the nice thing about them was they were very international, and I used to love going to his office at home because he was much older when I knew him. He was, when I became close to him, he was in his eighties. Mm-hmm. And because he had my father when he was old and my father had me when he was almost 50 years old. So there was some generation skipping there. But anyway, I, I saw in my grandmother and grandfather, a couple of things, one great humility and great ability to engage with people from all walks of life. I go into their, to their home and I'd see letters from, an envelope stamp from all over the world, these return addresses, and you know, foreign-looking stamps on the letters, and realized these people really have lived a full life. They knew people from all over the world, and they were so gracious with their words and how they built other people up. That was a, that was inspirational to me, and yeah. building all of us up. And those words were very powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean, the
1: I, words I, of encouragement, I should say.
0: If some of us are lucky, and I too was lucky. I had grandparents, and and I had parents that were very, very interesting. But my grandmother traveled a lot. And uh, believe me, there is something very special about travel. You know, it used to be long, long long ago, they would send men after they graduated from school off to travel. And then women started to do the same thing. But there's something very special. My kids, all my my three of mine, went away to school, uh, abroad to school. And... uh, uh, except for one, she just didn't want to be too far far away from home. She was a home homebody kind. But the other two left and went away to school in in Germany and and Italy and Ireland and and the experiences they had, I, I know, have made them very much who they are today. Because the you, you, we take we talk about the world, but we really talk about global. And I I think that in this together is that it is a global world that we're living in now. And if we understand our boundaries are so broad and so large and that we really are responsible for each other, not only ourselves, but for others, the world, personally, I think the world would be a much better place.
1: Yes, for sure. And I was also lucky, like you, you know, you had a great mentor in your mother who was the, she was the successful uh, real estate yeah. person, wasn't she? My, right. my greatest mentor for me professionally at the early age was my father. And you know, he, he was really great continuing the theme of using words of encouragement to build people up. He would brag about my academic accomplishments in front of his friends. And, and <laughs> even when I was a rebellious teenager, he'd find that one small thing I did, like making my bed. And then he'd talk about it all <laughs> week long, long. it was like, that was yeah. the big thing. Oh, my gosh, David made the bed. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. it was funny and tongue-in-cheek, but that, he really meant it too. And then even when I'd get a B on an exam, he would say, let's all go out for ice cream and celebrate David's test results. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> he, he, was great. he was a great mentor in that way and gave oh, the best is advice. Is, and you know, nice I also nice. saw my dad no, go ahead. and my mom that, that love, and this is part of your all in this together, helping other people, but that love was a choice for them that they made every day. It's mm-hmm. not, it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen. And love's not just a feeling. It's really a verb. You know, love isn't just about that, you know, that shiver in the liver feeling or that tingle in the spine. True love's a verb. And I saw it manifested itself in everyday actions in my parents, helping other people, congratulating mm-hmm. others, you know, saying positive words. When you're, even when you're upset with someone, even when you don't want to speak with them, you don't want to help them, you do it anyway. Yeah. And that was true love. And I saw that model beautifully. By my parents. And, mm-hmm. and even, and it wasn't, you know, my dad wasn't even, he was also generous with his money. He donated somewhere around 40% of his income every year to charitable organizations. And it was so extreme, we'd have the IRS auditor at the house every couple of years auditing <laughs> I read because I couldn't believe
0: someone would donate
1: so much money away. Yeah. And he used to pick up, even in his late 80s, he would pick up hitchhikers on the side of the road. And we say, Dad, you can't do that. You're like an, you're a much older guy now. Someone's going to take advantage of you and hurt you. He said, no, I'm going to be okay. But you pick up your he means oftentimes very drunk people, take them to a 24 hour restaurant, sober them up. Try to fix their legal problems. Try to get him a job.
0: it he just he was
1: all about just helping people and yeah. giving away. Where, where, Every do, you day, think, where like, do you
0: think this all came from? Because not everybody is that special. You know, some people look at a situation and see nothing. Other people look at a situation and see the need. But where, where do you think this came from in your family that they would actually look and they would see the need? You know, they didn't even question I, it. They saw it.
1: I'm I'm convinced it goes down to my dad's personal face. And he believed when he looked at the world and he saw people, he wouldn't see, you know, black or white or Hispanic. He just saw this is a member of a larger family. These are God's children, just like me. In the eyes of God, we are all children. And mm-hmm. so if that's, the, if that's really the way it is, let's behave that way and let's go help out our brothers and sisters and don't care about where they are. If you're doing good things, everything's going to turn out okay in the end with sort of this deep faith he had that. You know why can you pick up someone who's who's potentially drunk or maybe potentially violent? It's going to be okay because you're doing you're in the midst of doing something that's that's perhaps you know divinely inspired. You're going to be all right. That was sort of his just kind of the the, yeah. the confidence in which he gave his of himself to other people.
0: Well, my grandfather was Methodist minister, and so I, I I grew up. You know, basically, it was our responsibility to help others. That was just how it worked in my family, which is fine. In fact, you know, now I expect uh, my children do the same. But okay, so you've had this background. So I'm looking at Utopia. I've looked at your bio. I've, you know, I've been reading about you. Tell me how and what. You're doing in the world because, again, you, you come from this philanthropic, very loving, caring, but also extremely well off family. So, what are you doing with all these resources and all the talents and abilities that you've been given?
1: Well, there, there's a lot going on. And, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy family. You know, my parents, my dad was an attorney, my mother was a university professor and an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we came from a, you know, a solid middle class family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been just been lucky to be around places and great mentors who introduced me to to amazing opportunities. So what I've been doing is virtually everything that I do now. I'm I'm effectively an investor. I invest mm-hmm. in businesses and then I help run the companies when I invest in them. So I guess the you mentioned Utopia. That's a kind of a obvious thing. There's three things that I'm working on right now. That's one of them. I'm also teamed up with a couple of guys and we're building. And managing homes for homeless mentally ill people in California mm-hmm. um, and then the third thing we 're working on is a sort of a top secret tech project which involves women 's entrepreneurship and empowering women, which I want to talk to you about sometime when we get further along with that project
0: absolutely but those
1: are the three things the The Utopia project is interesting because talk about being all in this together, the concept there is we bring people from all over the world together and we put them on a residential ocean liner, effectively, you know, a large cruise ship-sized vessel. It's really a, mm-hmm. more of a private yacht, and they own homes on there. And the concept is, you know, the last time Nancy, you were on, whether it was a raft or a sailboat or just a, a yacht cruising on a harbor, I don't know if you recognize. There's kind of a unique bonding experience. It well, you create a family. You create a family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you get this kind of bonding experience that you might not necessarily have with that same group on land. And I don't know what that is in the human DNA, if it's fear of the water or what it <laughs> is. But we, we, we wind up becoming bonded through simple exercises on watercrafts like that. You travel around in a harbor or on a boat like that. And so I started realizing with my business partners, geez, if we can create that kind of bonding experience on a bigger scale with people who have tremendous economic means and who want to have an apartment on this luxury vessel – Mm. There's a lot of good we can do around the world as we travel. That bonded, yeah. unique, you know, highly resourced group of people, and that's the concept behind utopia.
0: Well, wow. yeah, I'm looking at the the philanthropic piece, and you know, I've looked at all of it. But uh, again, is that your hope? Then the people that come are, now are they self-selected, or do you select them based on? on criteria because you're you're talking about residents. So, let's face it, one bad apple can spoil the bunch, but I'm I'm not saying that, that in a negative that but for sure, yes. But you're you're looking for individuals. I am sure what you also talk about them, the importance of the we philanthropic do. piece and you know we there there are, yeah. there are people right now in this country that have billions of dollars that do not give money away. I mean, that's it's that's
1: true. It's, you're right and for me,
0: it's always been a matter of seeing what my money can do while I'm alive. Why would I care what after I'm gone, you know, but
1: right um, That's so true.
0: are they self- selecting based on certain criteria or are you selecting them based on your criteria that you've set up? How does that work?
1: The way it works is a little bit like a New York co-op building, if you know anything about that. So we have a process, sort of like a financial. Mm-hmm. financial fitness review process to make sure people mm-hmm. can really afford what sure. they're doing and they can they're pay interviewed right they're going. Interviewed. that's correct and then we also interview them for sort of a character review and they all understand what's going on they sign up for it and they understand sure. we want to understand sure. who they are and you know not only do we not like you said we don't want to have bad apples right yeah um, but we do want to have good hearted kind people you know the kind of people probably that you'd want to interview for this podcast in the future mm-hmm. by the way but sure those sorts sure. of people are are, the, are our sort of poster children, if you will, for residents on the ship, and we have some uh-huh. really great families that are that are on the, that are going to be on this vessel. And really, it's it's an international group. It's a it's a group of people. There are a lot of Americans, but we also uh-huh. have a fair a number of people from Middle East, Asia, and Europe. So, are
0: friends of yours and people that you contact in your business then suggesting certain people, or they're talking about it, and then I assume you're act- actively selling and marketing what you're doing. So you're, you're in that process kind of, you know, describing and, uh, I mean, it's, it's a huge ship. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful. Thank so you. is that how it works also? I'm just curious. It is.
1: It's, it's sort of, it's mostly word of mouth. And then yeah. people bring friends and then they wind up bringing other friends and family mm-hmm. members. That's really how it's worked so far. We haven't had an official sales and marketing launch of any kind. Yeah, um, and we've been surprised at the reaction we've been able to get just from people bringing other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I see the Wall of Fame, which is our permanent. I assume this is what you will have is a permanent board of, board exhibit, honors the greatest acts of philanthropy, philanthropic acts of the Utopian residents. So I assume when when is this? When do you uh, hope to uh, launch all this? When's when's the, when's the ship going out?
1: We have a, a couple of different avenues for the launch, but. Suffice it say, to make it simple, about three and a half years from now. Uh
0: huh. Okay.
1: And that's we, there are ways to shorten it. There's ways it could take longer, depending on you know workflow, work stoppages, shortages of materials mm-hmm. that could delay things. On the other hand, we have the ability to to increase the shifts. From you know we could run two shifts to two and a half shifts during the manufacturing process. So mm-hmm. a lot of different ways to that could take a little longer, or take take not as long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's a good that's a good. uh a good guide to use for how we
0: will be out go to northern ireland you can build it like the titanic and <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding of course <laughs> i'm kidding of course no i mean it's it's a it's an interesting concept i i you know I, when you. I was looking at it i was going hmm, this is very interesting okay the the next piece which is so very very important to me when we talk about in this together and you know ed and i've talked about this in the fifth element I'm, it's an amazing group of men and women it was interesting because I I spoke to the group and spoke about my book, but it was uh, you know it was a co-ed group pretty fifty-fifty as far as men and women. But it was interesting. I watched because in the book we have a whole chapter that's designated to the male allies and male sponsors, and it right. was interesting that I'm talking about women and then I said, but the importance. Also in the book is about the men, uh, the men, the male allies and man, the male sponsors. It's so important that we all work together. I almost felt, you know, it was like like everybody let, let the guys all let a breath out. They like, ah, like, oh, you know, and, and something definitely triggered in my own mind at that point is that there really is. I mean, I think it's important for women as much as men to get off the defensive. You know that we are really. Sure here to help each other. So, where do the women fit into your process and, and what you're doing and what is, what is your philosophy about uh women in philanthropic endeavors and just women in general I mean, as far as how we all come together.
1: Yeah, I think how we all come together and how how it's kind of manifested itself in my life. You know, I have a daughter and mm-hmm. you know there's several things I guess that when I was reading about that in the notes in your book was the first thing, these sort of things I started thinking, well, what am I doing? You know, how am I yeah. being a male ally? Yeah. How am I being a mentor? And uh, because mentors have been critical for me. I mean, sure. seriously. And I've had some great ones. Probably one of the top ones I had who was, you know, at least as far as the big resumes are concerned, was a gentleman named Frank Carlucci. And he was the chairman and one of the founders of the Carlisle Group, which is one of the mm-hmm. t- top two or three um, private investment firms in the world. And, uh, not only was he involved with that in the enterprise and getting that going, but he was also had a small little job before that called U.S. Secretary of Defense. Mm-hmm. And before that, he ran the CIA. So, I mean, he's he's yeah, he's and he, been, wasn't just any sec- he wasn't yeah. just any Secretary of Defense. He was the one who won the Cold War for us with President <laughs> yeah. Reagan. I mean, wow. so you want to talk about a really huge resume and, and sure. had a huge impact on billions of people. That's him, and that was my mentor business-wise growing up to uh, my early career up until – last year when he passed, passed away. Um, so mentoring is key. So I, I take it very personally. So what I've done in my life, I've spent a lot of time with my daughter at the office. I've taken her to the office so that she can see other women in the workforce, mm-hmm. sort of um, see me performing as the CEO in the hopes that I can effectively demystify the role yeah. of being a CEO or business leader. So it's approachable sure. and easy for her to see and see modeled um, up close. I've also personally mentored took a very serious role in in a younger lady's life from Harvard Business School. That's where I was lucky to attend that school, and that's effectively my tribe, if you will. That's where I Mm -hmm. have a great network as well of of peers, and and that's been helpful. But I gave her a job in my family office, and um, I also attend the Harvard Business School Women's Student Association. You may think that's odd. Why would a guy be going there? But that's where I network sometimes, and I've, I've been able to recruit. As I said, younger women, students from Harvard, and sure. there are also recent graduates there. In fact, there's an event this week I'm going to be attending. Good. Um, so that's something that I do. Um, I guess thirdly, maybe, if there's a list here I'm forming now, um, my, this utopia vessel that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. We will have an annual meeting of current and former first ladies. To focus wow. on gender equality, philanthropy, and helping other people, mm-hmm. and wow. the the beauty of that, if you think about most first ladies around the world, not just the U.S. based ones, philanthropy is typically the top of the agenda for first ladies. You know, they really are sitting in a unique place
0: yeah. to help well, other women, and to help
1: yeah, other people. Yeah, that's kind of
0: their becomes their role. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's a I, tremendous, I get, it. I get it. tremendous
1: place to be. So by bringing all of them together, the current and former first ladies, we have effectively sort of a... Um, a united nations for women in a way and we want to bring that, those people together on our vessel because it's non-political it's a neutral place to meet there's already we haven't announced anything publicly yet but there's a current former first lady from eastern europe and a current uh, and a former first lady in the u.s who will be leading that effort. we haven't made any announcement pressed about this yet but sure there there i go i just talked about it but um, that will be a key part i think in which i will be able to utilize assets that i'm involved with help inspire women to do amazing things around the world and to to be part of something bold and big I'm also part I made a, a reference to it earlier in the conversation part of a top secret technology project which is going to create this technology program a platform that will effectively create women entrepreneurs probably tens of thousands of them around home-based businesses here in the U.S. and then ultimately abroad and where does that come from because I believe that you know, true empowerment for women is ultimately realized when women achieve some incremental amount of financial independence or financial yeah. stability. You know, people talk a lot about you know, the confidence factor and, and shedding the fear and all that. That's also very important. But I think going beyond that, it ultimately comes down to finances. When women yeah. have that incremental amount of, of yeah, it's financial okay, for us, independence, money,
0: it? it's really okay for us to have money, isn't it? It's okay for us to have money. it's okay. Right. <laughs> I like it. I like money. By the way, it's fine with me. <laughs>
1: And then I, as part of that project, maybe this is the, the fifth thing maybe I'm doing as a male ally, or if you will, is trying to help kind of further along as part of that project I told you about. I, I formed we, – we formed as a team an incredible advisory board of true glass ceiling breaker women, including the top – the world's top woman hedge fund executive. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with this firm, Bridgewater. It's by far the largest hedge fund in the world. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: we just signed, although I haven't announced it yet, the woman who helped run that hedge fund. Wow. Um, so. That's pretty incredible because you look at the number two hedge fund in the world, it's less than half the size of Bridgewater. Yeah. So yeah. that's a pretty big coup for us. And we're also, we've just signed the second woman to, to be on the board of CalPERS, which is the largest pension fund in the United States. It has all the California public employees. Their pensions yeah. are managed by that organization. I also hope to run and Bobby, within the next month or two, we'll hope to enlist the first woman to run the largest trade organization in the United States and then the first woman to run one of the top universities in the world. So I can't name those two names just yet, but hopefully, next time I speak to you, they will be yeah. on the advisory board. Yeah. And the tell goal the is
0: goodness. really
1: the goal, the goal there is to have them tell their stories, and we give yeah. voice to them on the website and in, in,
0: well, in an events I
1: mean, that we sponsor to inspire people to step out.
0: Yeah. And, and the most important thing is that they bring other women and men along, and I think that's, right. you know, in this together, that's really what it's about. It's really the collaboration, it's the connections, and it's the relationships that are built. Just like on your ship, you're building right. a community, you're building a family, and until we all understand that's what we're building, we'll continue, you know, there's there's plenty of room for competition, you know. But we don't have yeah. to burn bridges in the, in the process. And, and yes, women, women have to learn to be better leaders and how to lead as women, and this is part of what I'm doing. And, and I'd love to talk to you more about Take the Lead, which is a national curriculum uh, leadership program that we're doing all over the United States right now, which is, again, building women leaders who basically we like money, and we, when we like power, it's the power to, not the power over. So there's there's a lot more that we could talk about, and I wish we had more time. But I know you've got a three o'clock. By the way, I've got a three o'clock too. No, I I think I think these are the kinds of discussions that probably are exciting from for me and the standpoint of in this together is that when all of us come together, men and women, we have so many great resources that we could share with one another. And, and I think that's the exciting part, and I, and I truly do believe it's a lot more fun. When I'm, you know, I, I'll be I'll be honest with you, David. I used to carry a big stick. I was, you know, I burned my bra several times. I'm paying for it today, by the way, too. So, um, you know, I mean, I was definitely uh, very much into the, you know, more aggressive women, this women that. But as, as I become more seasoned, I understand that we really have to. Share our resources, but but women have to ask for from from other women for help, other men for help, and men have to do the same. If when we start asking for help, I think the the most important thing that I ever I re- remember when I did one of my I'm one of my first radio shows, I asked uh, Mary. I said, Mary, how can I help you? And uh... you know, with your mission, and what you're doing with your book, da da da. You know, I was just asking her how I could help, and. It, got, it became very, very quiet, and finally I thought, did the phone, did the, did the call drop? And I said, Mary, are you still there? She goes, you mean? And this little boy said, you mean you want to help me? And there's something so amazing that occurs when someone says to you, how can I help you? Or, you know, yeah. or, or you know what, you've got all these, you're so knowledgeable. I mean, nobody's going to deny another person. We said, uh, I'd love to learn how, what you're doing, what you do, and how you do it. That would be so wonderful if you could, or if you could be my mentor. It's just amazing yeah, when we ask true. those questions and say, Can you be my mentor? Well, David, I can you be my that. mentor?
1: <laughs> I think people sometimes aren't very good at asking for help. It sounds like a funny thing no. to say. We get, Bombarded with all these messages and advertising, or yeah. that we have to be strong and have to do it all. But, yeah. but you know, in my life, you know, I've learned it's important to to take that off, to take a dose of humility and ask people, you know, for help yeah. when you need
0: them. Yeah,
1: the ego aside and ask for help. It's really important.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, women be be young and beautiful and thin. Men be perform be strong and perform. And and you're right. The market really pushes both of us to be things that really don't allow us to be connecting, to develop the relationships that are healthy and good for us. And, and it's wonderful that you have this daughter that uh, will probably uh, teach you more than, you know, but you're going to teach her, but she's going to teach you, and that's the way it works. That's the way
1: it works. That's for but sure. Uh, that's, very, that's very true. Well,
0: the keep, other thing keep that I think
1: really, keep, yeah. keep
0: me on your list of all the things you're doing, and like I said, I, I'd love yeah. to talk to you more about Take the Lead and in, in fact, uh, it, take a look at it. Gloria Felt is the CEO, and I'm the board chair, so I'm, it's very close to my heart. But, take, the uh,
1: lead. I will,
0: take the lead. Take the lead. We just had our most recent graduate of 50 women change the world in journalism, and these women were selected and voted to become candidates of the cohort by other women in journalism. This is the most powerful, amazing group of journalists, women journalists, and the things that we heard when the, during after the, the graduation was this is life changing. I have now, I have a sisterhood. I have people that I can reach out to, and so then there's that sharing, and, and it's just amazing when when the, when you put the big stick down, some really cool stuff happens, you know.
1: I agree with that. I mean, we talk <laughs> a lot about mentors, but you're right. Also, it's also this horizontal sharing and the sisterhood or this tribe, this family coming together, helping each other is is uh is the other really important part of all of this. I've been well, really lucky. You know, I've been lucky yeah. to go swim in circles where people have helped each other and helped me a great deal. So
0: well, let's if, keep if growing the family. Anything
1: I could do to be of help to you and the things Thank you're you. doing with Take Thank the you. Lead or your podcast or anything, please Thank you. do let me know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is our first conversation. We will have others. So, yeah, uh, keep me posted on what's going on. I'd love to m- know more about your top secret women's in tech That's
1: Oh, yeah, I can hardly wait. We're going to have to go have a bottle of wine together when I talk to you about this. All (laughs) right. Well, top secret. I
0: like that. I like that a
1: lot. Hey, listen, I appreciate
0: you you being patient with me today, and and, uh, I can't wait to talk again. You have a great day.
1: Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.